Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Shot Colors NBA Podcast. Brought to you by 48 Minutes Network. I'm Kyle Brandon. Joining me, as he always does, is Ben Brown. GLK, man. What's going on, my brother? What's happening, Ben? Good to see you, man. You too, man. You too. Excited, uh, excited for this team preview. Yeah, this is going to be a it's going to be a magical one. Uh, as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there, so check us out. Right now, we are in team preview season. Uh, you know, the dog days of August, they say, or September, whenever you're, whenever you're listening to this. Um, so, yeah, be on the lookout for any teams that you're following, any teams that you're digging. Um, we got some great content and some great guests. Today, uh, all the way from Disney, <laughs> is is our man, Philip Rossman Reich. Philip, how you doing, man? I am doing good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Doing man. well, man. Philip is the uh, site editor for the Orlando Sentinel. Um, so oh, I'm the site editor of Orlando Magic Daily. Orlando Magic Daily. There you go. Um, so just the uh, just looking forward to talking to you and getting some Orlando Magic insight. So, so a quick peek behind the curtain. We got to talk to Philip for just a moment before starting the pod, and uh, thought it'd be a funny joke to just. Like, hey, you're in Orlando. Uh, how was Disney today? Philip, where were you today? <laughs> um, I, I was at Disney Springs. Um, uh, doing uh, doing uh, 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 some of my families in town. So we went to, uh, the we did the touristy thing. We went to the uh, Star Wars virtual reality thing that, that they have there at Disney Springs. It is very, it was the first time I've actually done it, and it was very, very cool. Um, I got to check out how the NBA experience is coming along, uh, that the new uh, restaurant slash something else it might be okay. um, that they're building down there. Uh, they're, they're, I didn't realize they were tearing down the whole the whole old Disney Quest building, so uh, looks like it's going to be pretty cool um, when, whenever that gets built. Nice, man. That's I, awesome. I imagine that people go to Disney every day. Uh, I think I, I would. I, I was going to say, if I lived in Orlando, it would be I'd be hard pressed not to go to Disney every let, let me let me let me let me let me give some theme park advice here. Are you jaded? I, I worked I worked for a theme park. I worked at Universal Studios for a summer. Okay. And people leave their brains at the gate. Uh, it, yeah. It's it, I'm not I'm not knocking anybody. It's fact. You just kind of check your brain at, at a locker at the at the gate, and you just kind of do whatever. Anybody. He's knocking everybody. It's, <laughs> it's 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 an exhausting day to be at the theme parks. I I, I could not imagine uh, doing it every day. Yet I also want to buy an annual pass somewhere. So right. so uh, um, there there you go. The, the theme parks are, are world in and of themselves. Right on, man. Well, we might have you back for like Star Wars special edition or something. I am I am down for you're that. A, you're a resident Disney guy. Heck yeah. Um, that but whole Star Wars, Mickey Mouse, yes. cartoon, <laughs> cartoons. They own everything now, right? They, they have, 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 have PSN, uh, and a couple Marvel. Years. Hey, Disney's got the game on lock. They do. Yeah, but but today it is not Star Wars. Alas, uh, today we are talking 
Orlando Magic. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're a pretty big Orlando Magic fan. Um, Mr. Ryder? You could say that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could definitely say that. I mean, okay. I... I sat. I, I DVR'd an old game that that aired on NBA TV earlier this week and watched it today. So yeah, I, I would nice. say that. Producer wow. Tim is a uh, Orlando Magic stan, but of the older years of the Penny Shack. Oh, everyone is though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every conversation we have, he brings that Penny. There's and, a poster in the office. And, yeah, there's a poster right here in the little studio, and uh, the trigger point for him is just saying that Penny sucks. <laughs> no, no, not no one. Not no one should it. say that. Right, not right. meaning it. Just yeah. it's a, it's an easy poke at the bear. But, right. Right. Absolutely. Did I mean, I got I got I got Ruby Penny Hardaway, Phoenix Suns Penny Hardaway in my team, and I was pretty stoked. Nice, Ooh, man. nice, very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, things have changed a bit since then. We could say right. Last, a little bit. Last year, you guys uh, went twenty-five and fifty-seven, which was uh, good enough for the fourteenth seed in the Eastern Conference. The coveted 14th seed you got, um, locked it in, um, but things look like they're changing a little bit, a little bit, which is good. Um, start off with your offseason a little bit. The Magic chose to go the route of another big man in the draft, uh, picking Mo Bamba, who I like, number six overall. Um, what do you think about it? Do you think they should have found a way to get a guard? Do you like that they went uh, Mo Bamba? What's your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think with where the Magic are at in their development, that when when you enter the draft and we have a pick so high in the draft, you can't be picking on need because because essentially, if, if you've won twenty five games, you finish fourteenth in the Eastern Conference, you need everything. Right. Uh, and so I, I think the strategy, just like it was last year, and and I think there's, I think a lot of people love Jonathan Isaac, but there's definitely some argument to be made that okay, maybe the Magic should have grabbed their point guard last year. Um, when there were a lot more point guards in the draft, there there weren't any after Trey Young was gone. There really weren't any point guards worth taking above a guy like Mobamba. Okay. Um, so I think the Magic strategy was to take the best player available, and to them that was Bamba. I mean, he's a guy that you know averaged nearly four blocks per game in college. Um, has that incredible wingspan, seven foot ten wingspan, the, the longest wingspan ever measured at the NBA Draft Combine. Um, he's someone that can change your defensive identity and defensive culture just by his presence and for a team that has been a very poor defensive team over the last six years and, and really hasn't been able to, to, to find an identity on one side of the ball or the other that's that's a really big thing and obviously Bamba is going to need some time he's he's you know a, he was a freshman he's, he's a young guy but I think we could even see at summer league just what his presence can do on the floor defensively and the fact that he's adding so much to his offensive game and has some natural athleticism, especially for a guy as, as kind of big as he is, that that projects to be something very, very special and very, very good. And so I think the Magic, really their strategy in the draft was let's take the best player available, and I, and I really think they did that. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I feel like generally I agree you just take the best player available. But going in, I still feel felt like they were already kind of log jammed at that position sure. specifically, um, and just kind of big men. So mm-hmm. and, and so desperate for a guard, um, I do. You know, I, I agree with everything he said. I, I loved him in summer league. He was really fun to watch. Uh, you know, I I think he has all the potential in the world. Um, I think he's going to be great. I really do. I think it'll be solid. Um, I just. I don't know, maybe I'm just too nervous for the next, like, couple years and not thinking about, like, what's actually best for the team. 
and kind of just like what's good for them at this moment. But uh, I mean, I think I think that gets to kind of a, I mean, maybe this is something we'll talk about later, or maybe this isn't the right time to bring it up. But I think it gets to a central tension within the Magic organization right now, yeah. or within at least Magic fans right now. It's been six years since the team has been in the playoffs. It's the longest playoff drought in franchise history. Yeah. So I think the longest playoff drought in the Eastern Conference right now, actually. Um, there's 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 people that are torn to say, okay, the Magic need to win now. Like like I'm tired of waiting on this thing to happen. They need to win now. They need to find guys that'll that'll make the team better now and make them competitive now. And then there's the group, and I think this is where the front office currently sits. There's a group that says, you know, we can't rush things. Like we can't just put all our eggs into one basket, go for the playoffs every year, and get stuck like like they are like they were, frankly, two years ago yeah. when they did do that training for Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't they can't and, and then spend all the money that they spent. Yes, there's a logjam at center um, with Nikola Vucevic, Ken Birch, Timothy Mozgov, and now Muhammad Bamba there. Um, but at the same time, how many of those guys are really part of this team's future? How many of those guys does this front office really care about? And the answer right. there is really probably only Mo Bamba. Like, okay. I'm a Vucevic guy. I'm a Vucevic defender. But this is the last year of his contract. I think everyone knows he's probably on his way out. Uh, Birch is an interesting player, but probably not a starter caliber guy. Uh, and, you know, Mozgov's just kind of there as deadweight salary. I mean, honestly, I mean, we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about it in a little bit, but it felt like the Magic traded. Biombo for Mozgov, two bad contracts, yeah. just to get Jerry and Grant, who is a guard that you know maybe could be a starter. Maybe he's what he it was in Chicago and New York. Serviceable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what I mean, what is the overall vibe? You said you said that it's the kind of the lowest they've been in the last six years. What is kind of the overall vibe of the fans? Do they feel more hopeful? Um, I mean, what is? I mean, I, I think they feel a lot more hopeful about the direction this team is going. Okay. Um, it, you know, the Rob Hennigan era, the, the first five years of this rebuild, really not a lot of direction. Um, you know, they, they collected some nice young players, but they never really had the coach to put things in place. Their players never really grew the right way. Um, you know, again, and then they put all their eggs in one basket, tried to go for the playoffs, and, and crapped out. Um, it, so... Now Jeff Weltman's in charge, the president of basketball operations. John Hammond's in charge, former Bucks GM. He's the general manager now. It, they, I think fans are a lot more optimistic that those guys with their 20, 30 years of experience in the league know what they're doing. I mean, there have been plenty of reports. Um, I think Howard Beck wrote a really good article on, on what Becky Bonner's been doing as kind of the director of, like, uh, quality control or, or player personnel or whatever her title is. She does a lot. She has her hands in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just kind of the general stories and, and even some of the things that I've seen around the building that are at least a bit in view to the public and to the media, they're trying to change kind of the organizational structure of the team itself in a way that they think will help support the players and support the the, the support development and growth in a way that that I don't think anyone else has tried to do in Magic history, and and so it. I think there's an optimism that okay, you've got Aaron Gordon who finally looked like a real basketball player, like he he wasn't just some some you know mold of clay that 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 potentially was a basketball player. He looked like he could you know maybe be an All Star one day um, if the team ever got a decent record. Jonathan Isaac's a really exciting rookie. You know, didn't play a lot last year, but when he did play, you could clearly tell he was making a positive impact. 
and now you have Muhammad Bamba. I mean, and then and they've got you know it, it feels like there is a future for this team that there is a path forward. They're not there yet. You know, they're not at the final product quite yet. Yeah. Um, there's still probably going to be another. It's probably going to be another kind of difficult season through wins and losses. Although I think they might be a little bit better um, than their than their 25 wins were last year. But this is still kind. Of, I think fans see the direction that things are going, and that this team does have an identity. And now it's just about getting the right pieces in place and 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 kind of building progressively up toward that goal when you hit it. Yeah, we also noticed that on top of getting a new player personnel guy and a GM, you also hired Steve Clifford, um, who was let go by the Hornets. Um, is, is Clifford going to be a good fit with uh, the young talent and some of the mix of the guys you got there now? Um, is, he, uh, is he a guy that's going to stick it out and, and see these guys through? You know, I think that's the hope. I mean, I think that, I mean, the Magic have churned through coaches so many times. I mean, last year was the first time that Aaron Gordon has had the same coach in consecutive seasons with Frank Vogel, and, and now he's going to have a new coach. Um, it, it's It's been a roller coaster of a ride from the coaching spot. And I think, you know, certainly Jeff Weltman didn't hire Frank Vogel, uh, and so it, it kind of felt like, okay, I'm bringing my own guy in now. It's, it's time, you know. They grabbed a guy that a is familiar with the magic and 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 orlando is a city and, and the magic is an organization which i think does help a little bit mm-hmm. um uh having he was an assistant coach yeah. under Stan Van gundy during the 2009 finals right. run and that that group um but on top of that he's a guy that i think when they looked at him he's accomplished what the magic are trying to accomplish uh, when you when he took over the charlotte bobcats they had won 20 something games like less than the magic had actually uh, and in his first season, he upped it to 40. I mean, he made a 20-win turnaround in his first season. And, and it wasn't just that they made such a huge turnaround. It's that they really established an identity. And in and, and, and his five seasons in Charlotte, except for last season, the Hornets were a top-10 defensive team when they were healthy. And I, so I think that the reason why the, the, the Steve Clifford hire made a lot of sense to the Magic or, or was a hire that they wanted to pursue mm-hmm. was because he's essentially done what the Magic are trying to do. Go from a mid-20s, 20-win team to a team that's at least fighting for the playoffs every year. I right. mean, it, it's not a huge step. It, you know, is Steve Clifford really the coach that's going to help the Magic win a championship or advance out of the first round? His record in Charlotte would kind of suggest no, that that's not no. going to be the case. Going from like but, a 14th seed to like a, a 8 or 9 seed, though. Yeah, right. exactly. And, okay. and I think that's the step the Magic want to take. And, and that's what they saw in Steve Clifford, that, okay, he's someone who knows exactly how he wants to play. Yeah, he, He's had success playing that style in the modern NBA. Um, and he's someone that can build the foundation for this team to grow from, especially for a young group to grow from and find success. And I think that's that's what they really liked about him from the beginning. Yeah, and so so one of the fun things uh, about doing team previews for all the teams uh, is that we get listeners um, from all over the country that, that might not uh, kind of dive into some Orlando Magic podcast necessarily, uh, but now they kind of get a slice of that Orlando Magic uh, pie today. Uh, what, should, what should a... Um, new Orlando Magic fan know about Steve Clifford? Uh, He is all about discipline. 
Um, I think that's really the best way to describe him. I mean, I think Magic fans are, are learning a little bit more about Steve Clifford, too. We haven't seen him coach the team yet as the head coach, but... Um, you know, a phrase that, that Jeff Waldman has said a lot when it comes to Steve Clifford is Steve Clifford teams don't beat themselves. Um, you you have to beat a Steve Clifford coach team. And, and you know, I, I've, I've quietly been a Charlotte Hornets fan. I, I really like those Hornets <laughs> teams. I really like those Hornets teams. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's for that exact reason that, you know, they play just this very disciplined style of basketball. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Their, their issue... Mostly has been maybe an unimaginative offense. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, but their issue's also been a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of bad injury luck. But statistically, that team has been uh, a 500 team. Uh, and they, they finish below that mark. And wins and losses matter in the end. But right. that team always plays this very distinct style. They, you know, they're, they're tough defensively. They don't make a lot of mistakes. So they don't commit a lot of turnovers. They, they're, they're very careful and precise with, with their movements and, and, and how they how they try to attack you, especially on the defensive end. And, and for a young team like the Magic, that's really what I think they need. Uh, they, they, need a little bit of, they need a little bit of discipline and tough love because, you know, honestly, the, the Magic's most successful season in this rebuild was with Scott Skiles as the head coach. Um, and he is much more of a disciplinarian than, than even Steve Clifford probably is. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so I think that is something the team needs, someone that's going to really drive home the point that, these are the little things you have to do, and if you do these little things, they build up to wins, to success. And right. it's not easy. And this is a Magic team that, frankly, when things have gotten tough, they've crumbled completely. So he's, I mean, how I know him, he's a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, that Charlotte team would even struggle offensively um, a, a bit, not not terribly, but. I mean that was with guys like Kemba and stuff like that. Um, I mean, who who's going to be scoring for you guys this year? I like I look at the roster and I don't think that it's just lacking talent. I think you have some talent, um, but I do see a pretty big hole as far as um, that's, some offense. That's that is the one million dollar question. Sure, yeah, um, right. Uh, the Magic offense is going to struggle again. Yeah. Um, they don't. They lack a creator. Um, right. uh, they lack a guy who can get into the lane, create shots for himself, and create shots for others, and, and that is a huge thing that the Magic are missing. There's there's no denying that, and, and honestly, their ceiling is as it, their ceiling is as far as that problem hurts them or help or hurts yeah. them or not. Well, how, how um, they didn't get a guard this off season? Like I, I thought, Isaiah Thomas was a lock. I, I thought I thought Isaiah Thomas was 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 definitely the right move for this group. I, I, I am definitely in that camp. You give him a one year deal, one year make good deal. If he gets hurt, you're you're no worse off. If he does well, he's helping other people. Um, you know, I, I think ultimately the decision not to go with Isaiah Thomas came down to do we want to take the ball out of Aaron Gordon's hands or out of Jonathan Isaac's hands? Um, to to give it to a guy who's not going to be part of our future. I mean, I think I think the Magic made a conscious decision to say the short term results of the 2019 season mm-hmm. aren't as important as let's continue to Develop. give Aaron Gordon some some reps as as the quote unquote star. Let's you know try and to increase the value for a guy like Evan Fournier. Yeah. Um, you think it'll be a point Isaiah, four then? 
I think I think Fournier is going to be playing a lot of primary pick and roll ball handling. Um, I think huh. we'll see Aaron Gordon do a lot of that. Um, okay. he, he tried he tried doing it a lot last year, especially toward the end of the season, and it was not pretty. Um, but some of that I think was growing pains. I think he needed to experience some difficulties as kind of the quote unquote number one guy or what he thought a number one guy was supposed to do. So he could learn, okay, in the offseason, I need to work on this if I want to play this role or if my team needs me to play that role. And, and so we'll see what he looks like when he comes out of, out of, a, out of training camp um, and whether he can kind of take that next step in his game. But, yeah, this team's going to rely a lot on Aaron Gordon. They're going to rely a lot on Evan Fournier in pick and rolls. They'll probably see Nikola Vucevic get a lot of, get a lot of touches. I mean, it, it, it's, it's still very much a, a very similar offense to, to what the Magic were last year. And, you know, maybe when they're all healthy, they can play like they did those first 12 games when they were one of the top offensive teams in the, in the league. Uh, or maybe they'll play like they did toward the end of the year when they were one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw some clips, uh, I guess it was on a Twitter feed I was watching, that had Aaron Gordon going against Kevin Durant in some kind of pickup game. Oh, I mean, I he, was, he was definitely working on his handles, his jump shot. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that he's, he's trying to work on that part of his game. Um, and if he becomes that kind of guy, I mean, is, is there? There's not a whole lot of else around him for him to, I guess, for them to have a lot of success. So, even if he's able to do that, do you think that that other guys are able? Is there anybody else that can step up and and be kind of the yin to his yang? I mean, he's. I mean, if, even if he averages, you know, twenty three to twenty four. I mean, is there another guy that's going to be able to step up and, and kind of compliment him on that? That's, I think that's 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 a really big question too. Um, you know, the the biggest issue facing this Magic team, I think, is is their lack of three point shooting. I mean, Evan Fournier would be my answer to who that other guy could be. Um, he's very quietly put together back to back seventeen points per game seasons. I think he's averaged more than fifteen points per game each of the last three seasons. And and honestly, I would say last year was a bounce back year. His year. Before last, when he when he averaged virtually the same amount of points, he was much less efficient. Last year, he was a lot more efficient. I thought he played a lot better, kind of looked more like the Evan Fournier we know and lo- we know and love, where he's playing a little bit more off the ball, playing off of a kind of primary score, which you know maybe Aaron Gordon can be this year. And if that's the case, maybe that's an interesting tandem that can average somewhere close to forty points per game, and, and that'll be sketchy in the ballpark. Um, I think Magic fans want to see if Jonathan Isaac can be that guy. I'm not sure he's ready to be that guy quite yet. Um, I'm, I'm expecting Isaac to kind of slot in at like 12, 13 points per game this year. I think that would be a nice jump up from where he was last year, especially if he can get through the whole season healthy, um, which obviously last year he, he wasn't able to do and, and really never found his offensive rhythm. Um, it, it's it's it, Finding where the offense is going to come from is really, really tricky with this team. Again, they don't have a lot of three-point shooting. Evan Fournier is one of the better three-point shooters. DJ Augustin's a solid three-point shooter. But after that, you're looking at Terrence Ross, who really struggled last year coming off of a major surgery, major injury that kept him out most of last season. Right. And then you're looking at guys like Aaron Gordon, who, as good as he shot from beyond the arc last year, ended up at 33%. You've got Nikola Vucevic, who's a center, who's just kind of added the three-point shot to his game. You've got Jonathan Simmons, who... Can can go off and hit seven or eight, you know, like he did at times on a few occasions last year. But he'll also miss a lot of threes. He'll probably shoot in a low. Uh, he'll be a sub thirty five percent three point shooter next year, probably. Jerry Grant isn't much of a three point shooter, and so the the biggest problem facing this team still is where how are they going to space the floor so that those guys can can drive and attack the lane, 
And where is that secondary offense going to come from? Aside from where the primary offense is going to come from, who's going to be that secondary guy? How are you going to get ball reversals when guys aren't consistent three-point threats? There are going to be a lot of teams that will pack the paint on this team still. So so how do they get out of that? I mean, do you see it? Like, there was some free agents this year or some people that they at least could have, like, made an effort for. Um, You know, like Schroeder, for example. I mean, he's not a three-point shooter, but... He's a he's a good guard, and they could have made an effort for him or a Rondo, or you know, put a bid in for Marcus Smart or Derrick Rose for all I care, or Alfred Payton again. <laughs> I don't know how Magic fans would feel about that, but like, how do they break the cycle? Do they is are they trying to do it through the draft? I mean, they they were so dormant through free agency on guards. Like, do we think they're going to try and go for one of the big guards next year? It, it kind of sounds that way. I mean, I, 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 I haven't done my like full dive into the 2019 draft class, but I kind of expect the Magic to once again be picking around six, seven, eight in the draft next year. Uh-huh. Um, it, you know, I, I think that the the idea with free agency this summer was let's not tie up our books any more than we have to already. Um, Orlando entered free agency this summer. Virtually, the only thing they could do was re-sign Aaron Gordon and then use their uh, mid-level exception. And they opted not to use their mid-level exception. Uh, so they, 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 their goal it was this summer, let's not continue to tie up our books. Let's keep some cap flexibility because, you know, Evan Fournier has three years left, has two years left on his deal. Uh-huh. Timothy Bismack Biombo and now Timothy Mozgov have just one more year left on their deal. Nikola Vucevic is an expiring contract. The idea, I think the idea was let's keep as much flexibility as we can, try and find bargains and trades like, like they kind of did with Jerry and Grant, mm-hmm. and then let's play the draft again. Let's, 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 let's try and work the draft, find some guys in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are plenty of criti- there's plenty of criticism for the Magic not addressing the guard issue. I think it's very, very fair. It was absolutely a position of need. Um, DJ Augustin is a fine option, but he's not a starting caliber point guard. And finding a starting point guard is a big problem. This is a big, big, big thing and, and a really difficult thing to do. There aren't that many in this upcoming draft from everything I've read. Um, but you got to make sure, A, it's the right guy, B, that it doesn't tie up your books, and, and C, that it kind of fits your timeline. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's still where the Magic are, are, are kind of – digging themselves out of the hole that, that their former GM, Rob Hennigan, put them in. They're, they're not quite ready to take those swings yet. They're kind of just waiting and buying their time and hoping guys develop and surprise. Okay. So, uh, so looking at free agency, you know, 2020, you know, 1920, I mean, a guy like Kyle Lowry, I mean, who's going to be a unrestricted like free agent next year, um, I mean, he could he could set that Orlando Magic franchise apart from a lot of the Eastern Conference teams. I mean, is is that a guy that Orlando will go after? I mean, I, I know that they were trying to build through the draft, but if you can land one of those guys like a Kyle Lowry, I mean, that that could set them up for that's a playoff. You team. know, it's a playoff team. I mean, that's a playoff. You put him with you put him with uh, a, a, the young Gordon and Bamba, and you know some of the young talent Jonathan they have, Isaac. And Jonathan Isaac. Um, and and Fournier that we already talked about. I mean, that's you had a Kyle Lowry that. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty formidable lineup. Um, I mean, is Orlando? I mean, are they even looking that way, or you really just feel like they're just waiting for the the draft point guard to come through? I, I don't think they're necessarily dead set on on waiting for the draft to come through on anything. I think they're kind of trying to. Uh, 
I, I would put it this way. Jeff Waltman last year said, we're going to take this year to evaluate our team because they were new to the team. They, they didn't, you know, it was kind of shorthand for saying we don't have cap room. Our players aren't, don't have much trade value. We can't do anything. But I, I do take, take them at the words to say we're trying to evaluate our roster. We're trying to evaluate what we have on the team now mm-hmm. and, and, and how we can grow and build around it. So I've kind of said this to, to a lot of people who are like, oh, the Magic need to tank one more year, go to the draft, <laughs> go, go, go get this guy. That's not how I think this front office and certainly this coaching staff is approaching things. If that happens, if it ends up they end up, they have one of the worst records in the league, fine. That's more information for them they get a high draft pick that's not a bad thing if this team surprises and they win 40 games they're they're competing for the playoffs and they need that last piece to get over the top sure i think that they would absolutely go and invest in a guy like kyle lowry or go find someone that can take this team from level one to level two um right now sitting here today coming off a 25 win season not knowing what how this team's season's going to play out I would say most likely the Magic are going to still be very cautious about free agency. They're not looking for a quick fix. They're looking for a guy that A, fits fits their timeline, and B, fits their vision. Uh, and so that's really the big thing is a guy like Kyle Lowry, to me, absolutely fits what this team wants to do. He's, right. he's a big point guard. He's, he's a decent defender, can create his own shot, can, can shoot the three. He'd fit this team perfectly in an I- ideal world. Yeah, I agree. All right. Is... is Kyle Lowry ready to, to, to believe in the magic? I, the magic would have to prove to him that that he's worth worth coming to, that he's worth being a guy being a part of. And and I think that's that's really the question. And you know, maybe something happens with Toronto this year where, you know, they decide to move him on a little bit sooner or they decide to move on from him um after the season ends because they're gonna lose Kawhi and they said they finally decide to blow things up. Um but that's not a decision to make in August. But you, you know, certainly you think about those possibilities heading on down the road, but I, you know, my, my caution is, I think the biggest issue that the Magic faced in 2015 was, or 2016, was they pushed their chips into the middle too soon. They went to free agency before their team was truly ready to go get free agents to make their team better because players weren't ready to invest in the group that the Magic had. They weren't really, weren't willing because when you're in free agency, you're, you're ultimately going to overpay. And so you need guys that believe in what the Magic are doing and believe that I can win in this location. And that's the big question whenever you're hitting free agency. Um, And and so I think that's kind of the question the Magic have to continue answering with their play. Is this a group worth investing in? Is this a team that's ready to win? Is this a team that, you know, you add a guy like Kyle Lowry, that puts them over the top. You know, we can sit here on paper and say, yeah, it looks that way, but Let's watch this team play and say, you know what? This team was really just one point guard away from making the playoffs. So, you know, a point guard of, of Lowry's caliber would be the difference between finishing ninth and finishing sixth or seventh. That would be that might be enough to get Lowry on board, especially with Gordon being so young, Isaac being so young, Bamba being so young. You know, an, a veteran like Lowry would would definitely be a guy that puts him over the top. What are your What are your thoughts on the Gordon contract? Do you feel like it was? Fair market value. Um, what do you think? You think he'll stick it through? I, you know, I thought the Magic got him under market. To be perfectly honest, really. Uh, you know, the, the first. Uh, I was I was scared to death that he was going to get a uh, hundred million dollars over four years. I, I I was scared to death someone was going to max him. 
um, because twenty-two year old coming off of a seven, you know, a really strong season, restricted free agent. Yeah, I was really scared someone out there was going to give him the max, and the Magic are going to be put in the position of, do we really believe in this guy? Are we going to match him or not? Um, but you know, obviously, money quickly dried up around the league. I mean, once the Lakers signed LeBron, it wasn't very long after that the that the announcement came that that Gordon was going to resign with the Magic. Um, the fact that the contract is front loaded, I think is really really big for Orlando because obviously it gives them more cap flexibility toward the end of the deal. Yeah. Um I'm I can't sit here and say he'll make it in Orlando all four years. My gut tells me that he will. Um unless, you know, Isaac just blows past him and it's clear that they can't play together. Um but I felt like the Magic got Gordon on on a steal. All right. Um, you know, here's, Gordon here's, Sure. No. Here's my problem with that is when I look at Gordon um Similar age, similar position um, to a guy like Julius Randle, for example. Julius got like what? One year, five million, was it? Uh, one year, seven. Seven. Million. seven. I mean, I think the one big difference seven. between Gordon and big difference between Gordon and Randle though is Randle's a traditional power forward right. in a league that clearly does not value power forwards or traditional power forwards. Gordon at least has shown signs. Gordon has shown signs that he can hit three pointers, and okay. certainly he can defend the perimeter. Well, here's here's my issue. Randall's not at that level. Is Gordon shoots Gordon shoots more percent of his shots in the paint than Randall though? Okay. And so, like, I don't know. I don't think Randall just plays inside. And when you look at like like Randall out rebounds him, which makes sense. He out assists him too. And then like not not last year, but the year before, you know, he had more points. And last year he was right there with points and. I don't know. Aaron Gordon, to me, if you take Aaron Gordon out of the dunk contest a few years ago, he's getting a twelve million dollar contract. Possible. I, uh, I I think that's that's possible. And um, I'm a I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, so I'm I'm big on Blake Griffin. So um, I, <laughs> so, so let me let me also say that uh, that trust me, I'm aware of like. The the you're overpaying for a power forward that can dunk really well. Um, I. I, I will die on that hill, absolutely. So, um, I don't want. I mean, to I, I think, it, but you know, it, Aaron Gordon's case is going to be really, really interesting. I, I don't think there's any way around that. Um, he is, he was this bundle of potential, and and for four years, for three years at least, first three years of his yeah. career, he really, really struggled to find his way in the league, and and some of that had to do with injuries, some of that had to do with the instability of the Magic organization, uh, and you know, some of that was just Gordon kind of figuring out his game and, and, and how he envisions himself playing as much as the way the Magic envisioned himself playing. Last year, things really did come together well for him. Okay. Um, you know, he averaged 17, you know, 17.4.2 points per game. He had a couple 40-point games. He had a 30-point game. He yeah. showed that he has not just defensive versatility because he's – you know, he would say last year, and I actually agree. I think he said this, and, and I agree with this assessment at, at the very least. He didn't play good defense last year. He didn't play defense at the level that he's capable right. of playing. Right. The year before, when he was playing small forward, he was a stellar perimeter defender. Yeah, like like he is defensively, he is a small forward. He he's, can guard fours, and he's a decent post defender. But he is a fantastic perimeter defender. So I know that and, it's like it's like boring to to say position. Do you think he should play the three? I get it. It's positionless basketball. Um, and... No, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's a huge, it's a huge question. Yeah. Um, 
I think the distinct. I mean, I think that is increasingly throughout the league, the distinction between the three and the four mm-hmm. is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I, I've always believed this about Aaron Gordon, and this is actually one of the reasons I was really frust- um, among the many reasons I was really frustrated with trading Tobias Harris. Preach. Aaron, Aaron Gordon is best defensively as a three, but best offensively as a four because I, I don't think he's quick enough on the ball to, uh-huh. to get past threes defensively, but against other power forwards, he's absolutely effective on the ball. Defensively, I think he's better on the perimeter guarding guys than he is in the post guarding guys. Um, Tobias Harris is the opposite. That's, that's my favorite basketball a, player. Yeah, I, I, t- Tobias, strong, Tobias is Tobias a great strong, person too. Love him. Um, offensively, he's probably best as a four, but mm-hmm. or offensively, he's probably best as a three. But defensively, he's probably best as a four. And so I loved how they complemented each other that way, that they could kind of move seamlessly between those two positions and, you know, switch switch if they needed to. You, you could guard whoever you needed to on the perimeter with Gordon and have Harris on the other guy. Uh, and then Harris just worked a little bit better on the perimeter as a, as a perimeter scorer. Yeah. I, I think... Go ahead. I, I think the Magic are trying to do some of the same things with Jonathan Isaac. Um, Isaac is, is a lot bigger. He's probably better defensively as a three because of his length oh, yeah. and because he's just such a smart defender. Um, but the the big idea that the Magic have, or one, uh, and, and you see this throughout the league now, is small forward and power forward designations don't matter. Right. Wings. If, right. You can, if you can switch both positions, that makes you better. If your power forward can guard a point guard or shooting guard, that makes your team better. Absolutely. And that's the idea the Magic have right now with with Gordon and Isaac especially. If you put them in a pick and roll, they're just going to switch and they're going to guard your, your perimeter player and it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah, I will so say... So I think that distinction doesn't... I mean, people will tell... You know, the Magic made a big deal about making Gordon a uh, small forward. It didn't work out. Um, he wasn't really ready for it. I think he's more ready for it now. But when people ask... When people say that to me, I was like, you know, I don't think it matters. Like, I, I'm not someone that thinks the small forward experiment failed. I thought it was a good learning experience for him, and I think he was made better by it. Yeah, and he, but he has at those tools time, now. Yeah, exactly. But at this, at, it was kind of the same thing that I thought when Victor Oladipo, when they tried Victor Oladipo at point guard. It's like, okay, his future is not at point guard, but he will be made better because he played that position. Right. And, you know, I think generally he was. Um, but the, the big issue still is... You know, positions. Uh, someone, uh, a lot of basketball people say this now. Position. Your position is more about who you can defend rather than where you can play offensively. Gordon yeah. um, can play both the three and the four. He's really just a forward, and so he's going to be on the perimeter a lot anyway. So it's really a matter of who's guarding him rather than who he's rather than where you you know slate him in your in your starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, J- Jalen Rose. He uh, he says that positions are made. For novice basketball fans to really just understand sport, it's not sure. actually a thing. So my last, my last two things about Aaron Gordon. Okay, one, I think that paying him sixteen million dollars in what is it like three or four years from now? Um, yeah, that I think is a good value, and I really don't, I guess, have an issue with that. Um, Twenty one might be a little steep. But what else are you going to do with it? This isn't your year anyway, so I guess, exactly. I guess it's fine. Also, my biggest issue with Aaron Gordon. Okay. Last year he was on my fantasy team, and, and he was able to play like almost every position. And this year they changed it, so 
ESPN, if you're listening, and I know you're a Disney guy, so you're there. Yes. ESPN, if you're listening, give him the capability to play every position because that was fun. Give us our positions back. Do it. I liked that. Absolutely. If I if someone had had a bye week, Aaron Gordon, what up? <laughs> he goes everywhere. Or, 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 didn't have a game, or whatever. You know, he's 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 week. quickly becoming like the Andre <laughs> Kirilenko of this generation. Like Andre Kirilenko was always number one on those on those thing on those uh, fantasy basketball rankings uh, forever. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was fun. I would play him like I play him at center, and I'd be like, eh, whatever, this it's fine for my team, and he did well. So that is that is why I like Aaron Gordon right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so I'm curious. We we're talking about a. Uh, just kind of the all-time um, magic. What is kind of the Mount Rushmore for Orlando? What is, okay. It, what the, is the, the, Mount, the Mount Rushmore for the magic is, is very, very simple and easy. Okay. Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard. Okay. Those those four players define the really the, the three biggest, most prominent stretches in magic history. Um, you know, the, the, they're the four biggest players... You know, three of them, two of them are already in the Hall of Fame. One of them would have been if he didn't get hurt. The other one will be five years after he retires. Wait, we'll run it back one more time. Penny, Penny, Shaq, Tracy. Penny, Shaq, Tracy, Tracy Dwight. Dwight Howard. Dwight. Okay. Mount Rushmore of Orlando Magic. Okay. Who's, who is number one? Is Ooh. it Tracy? Is it T-Mac? I say Shaq. Most, Which, most Magic fans would say Shaq. Okay. I, I lean toward Dwight. Dwight, you linked. Ooh. I think Dwight's a Hall of Famer. I've said it on this podcast. Dwight, Dwight's, Dwight's absolutely Hall of Famer for sure. Um, he, some of it is longevity. Dwight, um, Dwight was with. That's giving me a look like Dwight's a Hall of Famer. I, I oh, Dwight is a Hall of Famer. Dwight is definitely a Hall of Famer. I His like he was Defensive Player of the Year. Like how many? It, it he's like, a three. He's a three-time three time. Defensive Player of the Year. Led it. Led a team to the NBA Finals. Was a. Five or six time All Star. Uh, certainly more than only two sorry, people. I just have four times. Sorry, I just have memory of Kobe calling him a, a punk. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean he, he is he's a little bit, but but I mean, but that but that doesn't take that that, that isn't no, part of your yeah. I, I agree with you, Dwight Howard. Yeah, he like yeah. is he first ballot? No, I mean I don't believe in first ballot, second ballot. If you're in, you're in. Right, if you're in, um, you're in. Will yeah. some angry media people keep him out that first year? Okay, maybe, but I mean. Dwight Howard for a period of five years or so. Five, five years was the best center in the league. Yeah, he burned as no, bright no as question. anyone for those five years. Yeah, he was like he's, he was like first team All NBA, led the league in rebounds every year, defensive player of the year every year. He is the one guy who LeBron James was afraid to drive drive on. Oh, as, I like, like that. Go go back and watch. I mean. The 2009 Eastern Conference Finals was probably one of the single greatest individual playoff series I've ever seen. Um, LeBron was incredible that series. Mm-hmm. He did not make a living in the paint. He was he was yeah, Dwight Howard kept him from the basket at almost every turn in that series. And and LeBron is great. LeBron is amazing and great. He still almost won the series yeah. um, by himself because that Cavs team was terrible. Yeah, uh, but but. Dwight Howard was just a force. I mean, there, there, there are not many guys in NBA history that, when other, when when every player is driving in the paint, they're looking for him. They're they're making sure he's not around. Yeah. Or they're cognizant of where he is, and that throws your whole offense off. Yeah, and I know that this is we're just over phone, but 
but you can imagine my shoulders are basically the same as Dwight Howard's. They're similar shoulders. He is. He's broad shoulders. My shoulders are just like Dwight Howard's too. Yeah, exactly. I believe it. Absolutely. So before we let you go, um, what is your prediction, your bold prediction uh, for the Orlando Magic's 2018-2019 season? Uh, Where do you see their win-loss record? Um, And, I mean, where do you see them finishing up? Who's their and who's their most improved player? And who's their yeah most improved player? Uh well okay I'll I'll start most improved player. Um I think that's gonna end up being Jonathan Isaac. Um mostly because where you know he's he, he went from virtually very little to to being I think a I think he'll be starting very early on in the season. I mean I think his his defensive impact is very very real. Um even last year he played twenty seven games. The Magic's for on court defensive ratings. The Magic played their best defense when Jonathan Isaac was on the floor. I, th- I think they had like a 104-105 defensive rating when Isaac was on the floor, and it was like 111-109, you know, 109-110 when he was off the floor. It was nearly, it was, a, it was at least four points per 100 possessions better with Isaac on the floor, and that's him as a rookie. Um, with you know, I, I think Isaac, Isaac has, I, I think Isaac's going to be an all defensive team player at some point in his career. That's how good I think he is defensively. Wow. Um, he's. I think we'll see him take a big step up in his game uh, this year. And again, it's mostly rookie to sophomore. Of course, he's going to make a big, big, big step and a big growth. But I think we'll really get an idea of what he can accomplish uh, and and what kind of player he can be um, after this sec after the second season and, and kind of where his growth trajectory uh, will be. Um, where I think they'll finish, I think the Magic are probably going to. Settle in at like 31, 32 wins. Okay. Um, they'll be better than they were last year, um, just because of growth. Uh, just because I think Clifford will help the team improve. But you know, they'll probably be out of the playoffs around the All Star break, or it'll be clear they're, they're uh, you know the, the the playoff dreams will be over by around then. I mean, I, I would take playing meaningful games into February. Um, and then from there, you'll start seeing the wonky stuff. You'll probably see the Magic trade Vucevic and play Bamba more and. You know, when you play young guys, young guys make mistakes and, and, and they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, but I, I think that generally we'll come out of this Magic season. We'll see some improvement both in the win total. But more importantly, we'll, we'll see that the Magic do have a direction. They're headed. There is something to believe in moving forward uh, and that their, their growth trajectory is starting to come back on the rise. And I, I think that's really the most important thing coming out of this do you believe in magic? Yeah. All right, so the over-under is 31.5. Officially, you are guessing that it is? Push. <laughs> push, push, push. I, 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 I think I they're going to win 31 and a half games. I'm leaning toward the under just because of late-season chicanery. Yeah. Right on. Some development. Development, yeah. Go, right you got to let the young guys play a little bit. Right on. Well, we appreciate it, Philip. Um, you know, I'd like to give you a chance to kind of plug yourself. Um, shout out your Twitter handle. Um, shout out where you write for. Just anything you kind of want to. The, the anything you want to say. The floor, the floor is yours, man. Awesome. Well, definitely check out the the writing that I do over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. If you're ever interested in the magic, we um, we cover the magic pretty thoroughly. I like to think uh, so. Uh, anything you want about the magic, you can check out. At OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you can always follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. That's Philip with one L P H I L I P R R underscore OMD. And 
I also host a daily podcast myself. I host the Locked On Magic podcast. Just search for iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and listening device. I'll just search for Locked On Magic. We love the Locked On podcast. Absolutely. They're, they're all great. They are. They are, absolutely. And I will be tuning into the Orlando Magic one, especially now. Absolutely. So, Philip, Appreciate it's it. been a pleasure, my man. Uh, come back anytime. Chat with us. Talk some pinstripe jerseys. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. Man. The Thank pinstripe you, jerseys are back this year. They are back. I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate it, man. You take care. Yep.